0: I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 140, in which we had BDSI, and I'm recording this on Sunday, December 29th, 2013. This is the last official podcast episode of 2013, which seems somehow significant, but it probably really isn't. In any case, I'm glad that I reached a nice round number of 140. Probably should have been more like 150 or 160 had I been on a decent recording schedule most of this year. But you know what? Those times are gone. We're looking to new times and improved schedules. In any case, welcome. I'm so glad to have you with me today for this episode or whenever you happen to be listening to it. Thank you for all of you who have been around a while. And thank you to anybody who is just joining me for this new episode. Welcome. Um, Hope you have fun. I have a few announcements, then I'll give you a little bit of an update um, on BDSI, Boxing Day Sew In, and um, a couple of quick tips that I've discovered in the last, well, tips and product reviews uh, from the last week. I'm going to have a lot of product reviews coming up because... Heck, I've gotten a few new products. So now, now that I'm actually getting the time to use them, I've gotten several new products over the last couple of months. I just now have finally had time to try to use them um, and see what all they're about and how they're going and to be able to share that wonderful information with you. So here we go. Um, announcements. First of all, do remember that although the BDSI giveaway is now officially closed, I do still have two other giveaways going on. You can still enter to win the book Art Quilt Maps by Valerie Goodwin. I believe that giveaway ends perhaps this coming weekend. Perhaps. You'll have to look at the blog. The date is on there. But I seem to recall it was something like this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which was the, let's like the January... The, what is that? Third, fourth, fifth, something in that neighborhood. Um, we haven't even gotten into the new year and I'm already loose tracking the, the dates. <laughs> that is probably not a good sign. Um, in any case, I have loved, loved, loved reading the comments. For those of you who have already entered the giveaway, you guys have got some creative stuff going on. Um, man, I want to make all the maps that you're suggesting you want to make. Those just some really, really cool responses. I love reading, loving reading that. Um, I may share those on an upcoming episode. It kind of depends on how many more people enter. There's There's been a significant number of you entering already. Not to scare off anybody else. Go ahead. Get your name in there. Make sure you're in the running for that book. Um, but I would recommend anybody else might want to go read some of those comments. Maybe it'll spur some thoughts for you. Really cool stuff. Those Comments are on the last episode, episode 139 in the podcast. If you go to quiltingfortherestofus.com and click on the word podcast, that's where you find the podcast show notes. Uh, so look at the um, episode 139 with the interview with Valerie Goodwin and read the comments there. Because, man, there is some good stuff being talked about there. The other giveaway that I've got going on is the 2014 Quilty Resolutions giveaway. And you'll be hearing more about my resolution progress in this episode, but the 2014 resolutions giveaway goes on a little bit longer because I wanted to give you some time to think. Once again, not remembering the deadline offhand. <laughs> it's, oh my, it's on the blog or the, I'm sorry, it's on the podcast show notes. And that one was that 138. Gosh, I should have probably looked some of this up stuff, this stuff up before I started podcasting. You would think I would. In any case, you guys know how to use the internet. <laughs> Go to quiltingfortherestofus.com, click on podcast, scroll down through the podcast show notes until you get to the 2014 resolutions giveaway. Um, You you will see a link there to uh, fill out your resolutions on the Google spreadsheet. Please make sure you use that link to enter into the giveaway. Um, You can certainly leave your comments on the blog, but if you only leave them on the blog and don't put them in the spreadsheet, I'm probably not going to be including you in the giveaway because I'm only going to be looking at the spreadsheet when I um, choose that winner. Uh, So make sure you do in both places. Some people have left comments right on the blog um, saying that they wanted everybody to see. That's great. That's the only thing with the link is you can't really see what other people are sharing. Depending on how many people do enter this year, I might read those out on a future episode, but like I had with the 2013, there were just too dang many of you. So what I might do um, is again just clean up the spreadsheet for public viewing so that I'm not spreading all your names and email addresses around, but let your resolutions be visible and then post a link to that on my blog at some point after the resolutions giveaway is done. And this year, yes, I'm going to be checking in quarterly and I'll be doing a thing where I ask you to um, let me know how you're doing on resolutions and I'll do a giveaway related to those check-ins through the year. So be prepared for that. Um, I've loved reading everybody who has um, entered in the resolutions so far. It's been fun reading those comments as well. So um, I I just like reading comments. It's fun. So you do still have time in mid-January? I don't know. (laughs) so sorry. I really should have written it down in my notes. Uh, Do go to the podcast show notes and check out. The last announcement I have is for the BDSI giveaway winners. Yes, there were four winners. Um, This was, again, the Boxing Day Sew In, which was last Thursday. Four lucky people are winning a total of two yards of fabric each, or thereabouts, close to two yards. I want to say congratulations to Betty M, Julia P, Laura C., and Samantha. Y'all got emails, so if your name is Betty, Julia, Laura, and uh, Samantha, and you didn't get an email, that might mean there's more than one of you out there. You have a doppelganger. Uh, You can always email me and say, hey, I think you said my name. Was that me? I didn't get an email, and and we'll see. Um, But if you're Betty, M, Julia, P, Laura, C, and Samantha, and you haven't checked your email yet, go check your email. And you need to send me your addresses so I can send you your pretty, pretty fabric. Congratulations to the four of you. And again, I loved reading everybody's comments. That was so much fun. Thank you so much for entering in the giveaway, all of y'all who did. Um, again, I would I would read the comments in an episode, but it would probably take about four episodes worth to do it. So <laughs> you'll have to. Those comments you guys can see if you go to my blog and look for the BDSI giveaway page you will be able to read everybody's comments, and I would suggest you do because it was really pretty cool to to hear um, what people's favorite traditions were around a holiday, any holiday of their choosing. All right, so here's my update. Um, I've actually kind of considered this whole past week to be BDSI for me. Uh, basically, from the day I went on vacation, which was last week Friday, I have really been focused on... Um, my sewing, trying to get my sewing life, not somewhat making progress on stuff, but mostly setting myself up for next year. And I'll talk about that more in a, a minute. Um, but also just kind of doing some organizational stuff. And I did have some organizational things around the house I wanted to get done. And I believe I may have them all done now. One was my spice cupboard driving me crazy, and so I did finally take care of that. It took me all the 10 minutes. Why didn't I do it before? Had to throw out a whole lot of spices. You know, 2007 probably doesn't still have much flavor left anymore. Um, I also ended up reorganizing our cupboard shelf where we keep all our tea. We we drink a lot of tea in this family between us and that cupboard It got to the point where my husband went to pull out his tea and about five other boxes fell out on him. And after hearing him, you know, that's not the way I want to wake up in the morning, hearing that kind of language coming from the kitchen. (laughs) So after he kind of moved aside and went into his cave, I came down and just very quietly reorganized the cupboard and got rid of some duplicates and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, So that cupboard got cleaned out. My mudroom got finally cleaned out and reorganized. Although that happened more around Thanksgiving, but I was able to do a little bit more now. And then today I just tackled my pantry and my, man, that's also been driving me nuts. And that's finally cleaned out, reorganized, um, gave my daughter her own darn shelf. Um, Whenever she comes home from school, she buys all this food, sticks it in the pantry and then leaves. And then I'm like, was this hers or was this something I bought for some strange recipe? So she's now got her own shelf so that she can find her stuff easily and then, when she's gone, I can just quietly donate it because I won't see her again for several months. Um, so that felt good. And that was actually my exercise for today because I was up and down a stepladder and it took me longer to do than I thought. So I didn't end up getting to the gym. But that's another story. Then the other main reorganizational stuff I've been doing was a complete surprise to me. Um, my husband decided just yesterday, I think he did it. Maybe two, no, it was just yesterday. No, I'm sorry. It was two days ago on Friday, he decided to move his computer out of my office. Now, my home office and my sewing room, they're both in the same room. It's the bonus room over the garage. So it's a fairly sizable room, but it's long and narrow and slope ceilings. So it's kind of an awkward space as well. Um, but that's my home office. And as you know, I work from home full time. So I'm in this room eight, 10 hours a day. I need a very workable office setup. And, um, Then, when we first moved in the house, and the kids were still here, my husband had his computer, my kids had their computer, and then all my sewing stuff. So the room had a preponderance of electronics in here. And this was actually the room that saw the most action in the whole house. (laughs) This is where everybody had tended to be all the time. Um, Once the kids moved out, their computer disappeared and computer desk. Um, My husband's was still here. Now, he only works from home, he's trying to do it a little bit more now, maybe two days a month at at most that he'll work from home. But on weekends, um, he likes to, you know, he's got a computer game that he likes to play or when he's doing finances, or sometimes he'll just come in and and read the New York Times on his computer, whatever. Most times he's on his iPad or laptop, but um, a lot of times he'd be on his computer. The problem was, now that he is trying to work from home more, I can't work at my desk with him working at his desk. I'm too used to being in my own office. And he used to kind of complain about that. And, and I'd say, okay, so you want me to bring my laptop and go into your office in your building and sit across the desk from you all day? How would that work? You know, it's, it's like trying to get him to understand that during the working hours, this is my office, just like your office is your office. And he was always fine about it. But um, he did decide a couple of months ago, he started using my son's old bedroom um, and just had his laptop in there if he did work from home. Um, but he still had his other computer in my office. Well, he finally decided, you know, I'm just going to move the whole thing into the other room. And so he took his uh, computer out and we moved the desk out. And now this room is entirely my own. Now, I have to say, I do kind of miss having him in here now. Because a lot of times on weekends, he'd be on his computer playing games and I'd be sewing. And we weren't, you know, we wouldn't necessarily chat the whole time. But we're kind of communicating a little bit. Now we're in separate rooms. So we've joked about the fact we're going to have to be really careful <laughs> to make sure we actually spend time together because it would be very easy to just end up disappearing into our various rooms all the time. Um, but one of my 2014 goals in terms of my personal life is is working my schedule around so that I get, during the weekdays anyway, I get any sewing I feel in the mood to do or I'm um, you know trying to get done, I get it done before he gets home from work so that we can spend the evenings more together. So, um, you know, it'll be fine. It's just a matter of getting used to it. But that means I've been moving my furniture around to see if I can, you know, what other kinds of layouts I can have. Some things I can't really move. Well, I've got shelves bolted to the wall in the first place. But what I'm really trying to work towards is having a cutting table that I can get around all four sides or at least three sides easily where my cutting table has always been, I could really only get to one side and maybe I could kind of ease my way around one corner if I moved a couple things and then I could stand in a different direction if I was trying not to move whatever I was cutting. Um, But it really was not, you know, I, I couldn't get all the way around it. And if I wanted to use my cutting table for basting or whatever, I'd have to move all sorts of stuff and then haul it out from the wall. The cutting table I have is one of the Joanne's ones that's, um, it doesn't have the shelves in the middle, it's just the legs that then come up on either side. It is permanently up, I never drop it down, but it's warped. This is now my second one of these tables, and they do eventually warp. Um, and so there's kind of a ridge where it doesn't sit quite level, so it makes your cutting probably a little less than accurate. At least that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, what I would love and what I've dearly wanted for several years is a permanent standing solid surface cutting table and I have been eyeing what Tanisha of Crafty Garden Mom podcast did um, which I've also seen on Pinterest and and on other blogs using some bookshelves from Target and then getting a piece cut from a piece of um, melanin or something cut from Lowe's to fit the top and just bolting it all together. So you've got a solid surface cutting table as well as all that extra storage and man I've been drooling over that. Um, Now her Cutting table surface area is the same size as my cutting table surface area. So in that regard, I know it would fit fine if I did that setup. Um, what I don't know is whether I will be able to put it in such a way that I could access all four sides or whether I would still have to have it against a wall. So what I've done is kind of moved my furniture around and put my cutting table where I think I would have a cutting table permanently moved away from the wall just to live with it for a little while to see if it works or whether I'm always kind of bumping into things as I'm trying to move around. So that's kind of where I'm at. But as I was moving all of that furniture around today, of course, I was uncovering carpet that had not seen the light of day for years. So I was also running a vacuum because a little bit of, you know, a little bit of dust going on. Strangely enough, not as much dog hair as I would have thought. But um, given that my dogs live in this room with me during the day. Um, But that felt good to get a vacuum cleaner in some of those spots and around the corners and actually, you know, kind of getting some baseboards that I haven't seen in a while and that kind of thing. Um, And the other nice thing that I currently have been able to do is move my iron against a different wall. It used to sit in such a way that I had to move it out of the way to get into my desk for my home office or... It, it either, I'd have to shove it back to get into my desk, or I'd have to move it out to get at the iron if I was pressing something. So I was constantly moving that iron back and forth, uh, the ironing board back and forth, um, which just gets annoying. You know, it's it's just annoying. I've been doing it for eight years, so <laughs> it's not like it annoyed me enough to try to figure something out before this, but I had so few options with that other desk in here. Um, so now that is against a wall I moved to my sewing table so that I could have the Um, Ironing board in a different location and now I can just walk into my desk and sit down and not be banging against the corner of the ironing board. It's so nice. And I was also able to move Spencer's bed her little dog bed. Sam the golden retriever could care less about a bed he's got a bed downstairs he only sleeps in it sometimes. Spencer princess doggy, on the other hand is a bed dog. She loves her beds. I've got one I think we've got three in the house for her now Um, and one's in my home office, and it used to be across the room from my desk, um, but she really likes to be closer to me, so now I'm able to have it right next to my desk, um, because the ironing board's out of the way. So that's been nice to do. I really, I do need more shelving, so I really want to head in the direction of that set of bookshelves with the top on it, Um, but I'm not going to be doing it immediately. I really want to kind of live with this room as it is and figure out how I want to get it set up before I build something permanently that cannot be moved. Um, so 2014 Quilty Resolutions. I, I have actually made some progress, but not in terms of, you know, actually finishing any goals. And, and if you recall, I talked about my goals on a previous episode, um, None of them are really goals with specific numbers attached. You know, if I do this, it will be done. It's more, here's three areas I'm focusing on in 2014. The first is to use some of my Craftsy classes. The second is to get more confident in in uh, machine quilting. And the third one is, is focusing more on using up my stash. Not that I'm really going to track it closely, but just being mindful of using stash whenever possible. Um, and so I've I've made some progress and set myself up for success. So let me talk a little bit about Craftsy classes first. I did post on my blog just yesterday, kind of my, um, <laughs> as I refer to it, uh, you know, this is my come to Jesus meeting with myself <laughs> about, okay, here's all my Craftsy classes. I listed all of the classes I owned and I categorized them in terms, of, I started out first with the ones I've already completed. And then um, categories I have, mostly quilting, but I've got a couple in spinning, and then a few cooking classes. And I know some of you were a bit shocked to see, even though you know I'm a fan of Craftsy, some of you were shocked to see the number of classes. Let me give you some background. First of all, note, that's almost two years worth. Okay, those aren't just the last six months. That's I've been with Craftsy almost since they launched Um and so I really, I have some of their original classes. So it's almost two years worth of classes. Secondly, note that I did start out with all the classes I have actually finished. There, there's a lot of them. I've finished a lot of them. Um, but here's my personality type that might help explain some of this. Uh, Francis in Off-Kilter Quilt Podcast was talking about Myers-Briggs a few weeks ago and um, in a an episode a few weeks ago, and... Um, I've had to do a lot of work with Myers-Briggs people in the ministry, a lot of times do that. And I've found it very, very useful, um, in, in working out particularly interpersonal, um, connections and how to successfully compensate for the fact that I'm a severe introvert and a very extroverted profession. You know, how do I know where my weak spots are going to be and try to strengthen those up and come up with techniques, all that kind of stuff. Um, Myers-Briggs-wise, I am an INTJ, which means I'm an introvert, intuitive, thinking, judging. Um, for those of you who are in the know, um, that means I'm an introvert. I've talked about that before. Intuitive means I'm all about the possibilities. I am all about the possibilities. I love looking at the possibilities um, much more than the reality. The The opposite of N is sensing, which is all about the facts. Um, those are people who like to know the facts. They're comfortable with facts. Ends or intuitives are much more about the possibilities, and so that can explain something about the number of uh, classes I have. Thinking rather than feeling, that's an FT thing. Thinking, I lead with my head. I like knowledge. I like to know things. And then J, judging versus P, perceiving. Um, judging, it, it's not being judgmental. It has to do with decision making. I I like having decisions made. I am much more comfortable and settled when a decision is made than I am when it's still open-ended. P's, perceiving folks, tend to like to keep their options open. Um, Those are very, very, very simplistic descriptions of those four categories, Um, but there's 16 different personality types based on those four categories. And anyway, so that means I'm all about possibilities and I'm all about knowledge. Read, I enjoy taking classes. The second thing that kind of plays into this this is just kind of funny to me when I learned this. I've also done some work with Enneagrams. Not a lot. Enneagram is E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. And that's another personality type thing and very, very big in the spiritual world, uh, the religious world, um, because it is based on kind of uh, spiritual type I don't even know how to describe it. I'm I'm not as familiar with Enneagram as I am with uh with Myers-Briggs. I haven't done as much with it. But I did do some back in the day when I was first starting out, and I don't even remember what my personality type is called, although it probably depends on whose version of Enneagram stuff you're doing because they all tend to name it differently. Um observer something if I recall, but one of the things it, it what Enneagram does is it talks about your weaknesses, and it puts them in terms of the seven deadly sins, (laughs) which is actually kind of cool. But the sin that I am most, that I would tend most towards is gluttony. And specifically, it said, I am a glutton for knowledge. Um, And it described, I remember reading this whole description when I went to one of these workshops, that was like, oh, my word, you know, it was you tend to have bookshelves that are like groaning with the weight of the books that are on them you know you're you're if you're going to go hungry to buy books that's what you're going to do and and at the time that I was doing this we didn't have two dimes to rub together but we would keep going to Barnes and Noble you know we're like we'll, we'll buy books we don't care we'll eat peanut butter and we'll buy books um it, you know that's you just constantly looking for more and more knowledge and That's very much true. I love taking classes. I've talked, I think, on this podcast before about the Great Courses series, which is a series of DVDs by um, professors in various colleges. I've got several of the Great Courses stuff, and I go through, I use this stuff. Um, So I love learning. Oh, my word, I love learning. And so that's part of why I have all these crafty classes. The second thing that plays into it, though, is that... um, when I don't have time or energy to quilt, I am going to tend, that's when I'm gonna to tend to buy a class or read uh, buy a book or buy a magazine because it's sort of quilting vicariously when I can't sit up straight at a sewing machine <laughs> because I am just fried, you know? So I, I've, I've noticed this trend of myself, when do I tend to pick up those crafty classes? It's when I'm really, really busy or really, really exhausted and just can't sew. That's when I'm gonna to tend to pick up more of those classes. So I don't feel at all guilty about the number of classes I have. I don't feel bad. I'm not embarrassed about it. This is just who I am. And I love Craftsy. It is a great, great platform. Even all those classes that I list as finished, there's several of them I keep going back to and watching lessons again or saying, now, what was that part that she talked about? And I'll I'll go in, and that's the wonderful thing about the platform is you can pretty easily fine-tune or hone in on that one part of that one lesson that you remember something from that you wanna go back and review again later. Um, so what I did when I was thinking through how do I keep myself accountable for making progress in my Craftsy classes, put it on the blog. So I'm gonna be putting on the blog, I did that first one, and I'm gonna do about once a month, I'm gonna update progress. Here's the classes I'm working on, here's what I finished, here's you know projects I'm doing or whatever. And through that, you will also, you know, be able to see what kinds of classes are out there. If you're thinking about doing one and you want to read what my experience with that class has been, you'll be able to do it. In fact, a couple of folks on Twitter have given me permission. They said you should own all the Craftsy classes you want because you are doing research for your listeners. (laughs) I was like, yes, thank you for telling me that. So that's that's my story. Um, So the two I'm working on right now is... um, Wendy Butler Burns machine quilting, which is probably one of the earliest craftsy class that was available on the platform. I have owned it forever. I got partway through it and got stopped, and that's why I never got finished. And why did I get stopped? When I sat and thought through what classes have I had around for a while that I you know started and didn't finish? Why didn't I finish them? For both of these classes that I'm talking about now, it was the same reason. I ran out of a supply. I ran out of quilt sandwiches I could use for practicing my machine quilting. And so that kind of was a stopper for me to keep going with Wendy Butler Burns' class. Now I know, yes, I could make mug rugs, I could make table runners, I could make pot holders, I could make any number of things to practice my free motion quilting. I do not want to make another project just to practice machine quilting. I don't want to take that kind of time. When I spend time to make a project, I want it to be a nice project that I'm going to be proud of I don't want, when I'm practicing machine quilting, I don't want to be worried about screwing something up. So this is why I stick to my practice quilt sandwiches to practice my machine quilting. Um, I don't worry, you know, a lot of people have said, well, you should make something pretty because then you've got something to show for it and you're going to enjoy the process. No, I don't. I stress out. I stress out. And I don't let myself practice the way I need to. So I I need my quilt sandwiches. And I had, frankly, run out of expendable fabric. <laughs> In my The other quilt sandwiches I used to have were fat quarters I didn't like as much, and, you know, I was willing to turn them over while well, I've run out of all of that. So I did end up having to go to Joanne's this week, bought some dirt-cheap muslin, which, by the way, dirt-cheap was the right word because it was also dirty fabric. I was amazed at how bad this <laughs> fabric is. I guess dirt-cheap muslin is really only made to be, like, linings for things or whatever. There's, you know, there's stains on it, there's slubs in the fabric thank god I didn't pay that much for it and I think I had a coupon on top of it anyway so but it's fine for machine quilting and I was able to use up a bunch of my batting scraps which also succeeded in a goal of cleaning out one corner of my um, sewing room where I'd just been kind of piling my batting scraps on top of a bin those are all gone now they're they've all been used um, so that's good so I've now got something like 16 quilt sandwiches of there are They're varying sizes because I wasn't measuring them out when I cut them. I just sliced up to a size that seemed to work. I think the bigger ones are maybe like 16-inch, roughly square. Smaller ones are around 12-inch. But that should set me up, you know, for at least a few months, uh, if not the year, depending on how much time I do actually take to practice my free motion. I'm going to try to spend a lot. But I'm going to do a lot of it early on in the, you know, the practicing. But then I'm really going to, I am going to start using it more on projects. So, You know, we'll see. But anyway, that was a way that I, you know, I sat down. I said, why didn't I finish this class? What was my stopper? Well, it was because I was missing a supply. Make the supply. So I've now got those done. Um, The other class that I've owned for freaking ever and got partway through and got stopped was Carol Ann Waugh's Stupendous Stitching Craftsy class, which actually Nitty AJ of the Quilting Pot and I, I believe, started it at about the same time. She finished hers almost immediately, though, and she's got pictures on her blog. If you go back to her blog and look for stupendous Stitching, you'll see her project, and it was beautiful. Turned out very nicely, AJ. Um, I just got stopped, and it was because, again, when I sat down, okay, why didn't I finish that class? Well, it was because I started out doing the Stitch Bible, which is um, you create pages with all the decorative stitches on your machine so that you have reference of what your machine can do um and originally when I first started doing the class, I was like, ah, I don't want to do that. And I thought, no, it's actually a really good idea, I should, and so I started doing it. Well, I ran out of pages because you have to have um fabric fused to interface a stabilizer. In order to make to do these stitch pages, um stitch bible pages, I had just run out of prepared pages. And that was my stopper. And so this week I made enough pages. I think I've got enough pages made now to finish my stitch Bible. And so I'll be able to just work on that and move on. So that was just a matter of, you know, again, organizing myself, sitting down, looking at the list of classes, um, figuring out why didn't I finish, you know, are there certain classes that I didn't finish just because of a reason like that? You know, is that something I can take care of? So those are the two I'm going to be working on finishing in January. Um, I don't I have no doubt that I'll finish Wendy Butler Burns. I'm already halfway through it and now that I've got more um, machine quilting sandwiches, I'll probably be done with that with like within another week. Um not that I will have mastered every one of her designs, but I will have practiced and become familiar enough with each of her designs to be able to say okay, I'm I'm ready to move on, but I know these designs I'm going to keep the um the practice sheets for reference, my machine uh, my practice quilt sandwiches for reference later when I'm looking for design ideas. Okay, well, here's some that I got out of that class. Um Carol Ann Walls, I'm, I'm sure I'll have the Stitch Bible done. I'm not as positive I will actually get the stupendous stitching project, the art project done by the end of January. I I could. I'm certainly going to shoot for that, but the project itself is a little bit more um, involved and will require a little bit more thought. And, and so there's times where I might come to pause points or whatever. Um, but I'm you know, I'm going to shoot for having it done by the end of January, but I'm not positive I will get the whole thing done. I at least want to get the Stitch Bible done. So I will be doing a monthly update on my blog as to what I'm working on, what I've finished, you know, my experience with the classes, that kind of thing. Now, here's what I'm not going to put myself in the position of saying, oh, I'm absolutely not buying any more until I have so many finished or whatever, because first of all, they they put them on sale periodically. And what I have learned, there was one time that a class came on sale that I thought, well, I won't get it this time because, you know, i am it's just something I've kind of thought about. I'm sure it'll come on sale again. Well, then a few weeks later, I decided I was working on something and I thought, oh, that's right. They had a class for that. I'd really like to go. And of course, it wasn't on sale anymore. I think that was the one time I paid full price <laughs> for a Craftsy class because I really wanted to look at what that technique was. Um so now I've learned if there's a class I'm considering and it goes on 50% off, I, I buy it. Because then you own it. Then you've got it. Um, now my second goal, so that's my crafty Classes goal. My second goal to become more comfortable in machine quilting, that is being answered partly by going through the crafty Classes and partly by making the quilt sandwiches mentioned above. And I am going to be trying to do as much as I can that 15 minutes of practice a day you know, as much as I can. I may not get to that every day, but if I've got a goal of doing it every day, that means I'll get to it at least a few days a week. Um, And I've actually worked some calendar stuff out so I can do that, but I'll be talking more about calendars in a minute. And my third goal for 2014 using up stash, I have actually started working on that by doing the Hunter Star, which I'll be talking about more later, but that is fully a stash project. And I've also decided I'm going to be practicing some free motion quilting on some of my hand dyed pieces, doing kind of abstract quilting on them. Um, and I might be doing some small projects, you know, using up charm squares and such for things. And that'll also give me more machine quilting practice and use more stash. So I'm I'm laying plans for how I'm going to achieve my goals in 2014. Um, that's kind of the phase I'm in right now. The other things I got done over the last week is I did get Scrappitude Step 1 finally done. Hurrah! I am about halfway through Step 2. Step 2 is a little more involved, so it's taking me a little bit longer. And then I ended up moving furniture in the middle of all that. (laughs) So I do hope to get back to that this afternoon, um, maybe a little bit tomorrow, although my side of the family is coming over for our Christmas celebration tomorrow afternoon. um, So I'm not going to get a lot of time, if any, in tomorrow. But um, certainly I still have Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, home. So I'll get, I'm definitely going to get done with step two, hoping to get done with step three as well. I made a little dress for Africa as the term, I don't know, ours are going to Africa, but the phrase little dresses for Africa generally means something to somebody. Um, You can look on my blog. I am still not a garment sewer by any means. (laughs) That project worked my very last nerve And there weren't any zippers or buttons or hooks or anything in it. It was about the most basic garment you can possibly make. And it still worked my last nerve, but you'll find all that in my blog. Um, I also finally got Daisy's quilt. If you remember, I won her quilt top um, in her Twitter giveaway, Daisy of Very Lazy Daisy uh, quilt podcast. And I finally got that dropped off at a long armor at a local quilt shop on Saturday. And I'll have it back in, they say, four to six weeks. Um, might even be less than that, but that's kind of their standard, what they say. So I'm looking forward to getting that back and being able to put it on a binding and saying it's done. That'll be fun. And uh, I ended up turning the dropping it off at the quilt shop Long Armor into a mini shop hop with BFF BQF Kate and BFFBQF Lori. Yesterday we ended up um I intended to only be gone for the morning. We ended I didn't get home until four o'clock in the afternoon, but we had such a nice time. We went to like four different quilt shops. We had a really nice lunch in the middle of it. It was just fun. I was telling Lori and I ended up driving home because Kate lived in the other direction. So she left. Lori and I are driving home and I said, I really like having friends. <laughs> I went through a lot of my adult life, not feeling really like I had a lot of friends because I was involved with kids and with work and any free time we had, we spent with our you know immediate family and or extended family. I certainly had friends, but now I'm at just at a different stage of life where I can email a couple of buddies on Thursday and say, hey, I'm thinking about going to a quilt shop on Saturday. Want to go? And they're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> we all just take off. You know, I, I've not been in that position in a long time and that's a lot of fun. So we just had a great time. Um I didn't, well, I spent more than I expected to. I only lo- was looking for basting spray and dang it, we did end up going to the fourth quilt shop specifically because we did not find basting spray in the first three. Um So that's all I got in the fourth one. But I uh did Pick up my giveaway prize for the 2014 Quilty Resolutions finally. So I will be posting pictures for that on my blog sometime this week. Um, and I got giveaway prizes for pretty much the rest of the year, I think, um, only because I hit a couple of really good sales <laughs> on Fat Quarters. So uh, you're going to be getting Fat Quarters, but man, they're really pretty ones. I, you know, I may keep some for myself and give away some out of my old stash. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but anyway, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, And like I said, I was thrilled to finally figure out what I was doing for the giveaway prize for the 2014 Quilty Resolution. So you'll you'll be seeing photos of that soon. Um, And like I said, I've really been working on my goals for 2014 and trying to set myself up for success, kind of getting myself organized, getting things in every place um, set up so that when I do get back to work and kind of get reburied in that work frame of mind, that when I have time for quilting, I can just hit the ground running. And not be stopped by stupid little things to be stopped in the other thing I've been really doing is trying to figure out how to set myself up for success in general terms, not just in terms of my quilting. I inherited from my father a trait <laughs> that we used to joke with my dad if it's not written down in his notebook, it doesn't exist he had the, He had this little pocket size kind of a day planner calendar thing, um, you know, just a little one that's barely bigger than a uh, business card size. And we used to tease him that if he didn't have our names written down in that notebook, he'd forget he had children. <laughs> you know, it was just one of these things. He wrote everything down. If somebody asked him to, if they could get a ride after school, it went in the notebook. I mean, everything was in that notebook. Um, he even made himself a holster. He made his own leather. Mind you, he made his own leather and then tooled it and made a holster (laughs) that went on the side of his bed. He also made his own briefcase, which still had some cow hair on it. That's a whole other story. (laughs) Okay, someday I'll have to do the whole story about my growing up years. But anyway, (laughs) it's fascinating and it might explain a whole lot to you. (laughs) So in any case, he used to have this holster on his belt, that it was specifically for his notebook and his pen. That's what his holster was for. Um, But I have, I've inherited that and it's definitely gotten even more so true the older I get. If it doesn't get written down, it doesn't happen. And if it doesn't get written down with a deadline, it especially doesn't happen. I have to give myself deadlines by which I'm going to get stuff done or it doesn't get done. And uh, this even happens in work. You know, if my supervisor says, hey, Sandy, could you do this and so? I'll say, can you give me a deadline? Oh, it doesn't matter. No, give me a deadline. And so she'll pull a date out of a hat. That's what gets put on my list and that's when it gets done. Um, so what I've been trying to do, I do that for work. I mean, I've got, I work my Outlook task list like nobody's business. I use it probably more than anybody else in our building does. Um, but for the rest of my life, you know, my, my quilting life, trying to remember to make doctor's appointments, vet appointments, get the dogs to the groomer, you know, clean, <laughs> bake, cook. <laughs> if it doesn't get written down, it doesn't happen. So <laughs> what I'm trying to do is figure out a way that I could pull everything into one place. I, I'm i a visual person. I I like my lists, but I also like the visual of seeing that item crossed out. I like being able to look at a week ahead and seeing what every day looks like in terms of tasks, not just calendars. I like to have those visuals. And like I said, I'm trying to pull everything into one place. So I've been testing out, right now I'm kind of testing out three different apps. I've tested out various task list apps and calendar apps and all that kind of crud in the past and haven't really found anything that thoroughly works for what I'm trying to do. And so what I'm testing out now, I've got three of them that I've been working on, and actually each one of them has sort of a different benefit to it. So I'm trying to decide whether how I'm gonna proceed. The first app is called Daily Routine. And it's pretty strictly a calendar app, which is why it's not gonna work for me totally in terms of everything I need. But what I like about it is it's, this is where the visual Sandy comes in, it's color-coded. So you set up activities and then you put your activities into routines. So like, you know, here's my work morning every day, Monday through Friday. This is what my morning looks like. Here's what my afternoon looks like. Here's what it looks like before work. Here's what it looks like after work. Um, and what I have found that helpful for is as I'm looking at my overall schedule, one of the things I'm really working on is the fact that I am so exhausted at the end of every work day, And I know that means I'm not taking enough breaks during the day. That's one of those kind of counterintuitive things (laughs) that the harder you work, the less effective a worker you actually are. And if you can take little mental breaks during the day, you tend to come back to your tasks a little more fresh and you're not as exhausted at the end of the day. And so I've really been working on, okay, I need to remind myself to take a break, you know, in the morning for five minutes. It doesn't have to be a long break, but I need to get up. I need to move around, get the blood moving again, stretch, you know, that kind of thing. I need to do it during the afternoon. And so I've been using daily routine to help me lay out what would my day look like if I built these kind of breaks into my day. What would my day look like if I got to the gym in the morning before work and then had some time after work to quilt? How could I lay out my day in a way to kind of allow space to achieve these goals without feeling like I'm scheduling myself? I was going to use a phrase that's probably a little off color. (laughs) and make sure that I'm allowing also for serendipity and flexibility, you know, those kinds of things. The fact that it's color-coded is very helpful to me because it does kind of give me that sort of quick glance visual of what does my day look like. So I've I've liked that for kind of planning things out. I don't know that it's an app I could use, you know, to manage myself every day. Um, the second one that I was using is called Productivity. Productivity, that's just the name of the app. And that one has been great as a way to think through goals and action items that I would need to achieve those goals, setting my priorities, etc. It's got a great set of questions to work through to help you figure all that stuff out. Um, And then supposedly it does become your task list and sort of a calendar thing, sort of, but it's not enough. And the task list was a bit uneven. Some things were showing up, other things weren't. It was kind of weird, um, which... I would have thought was just my own learning curve, but I saw in comments from a couple of other people in the help forums that other people were having the same problem that some task list, you know, some of your action items you would have to do to achieve certain goals were disappearing from into wherever. Um, so I loved that app on the, the evening I sat to kind of think through, okay, what are my goals? What do I have to do to achieve those goals? How can I break those down into action steps? You know, that I can schedule out over the next several months, that kind of thing. Um, But again, it didn't really integrate with my task list or my calendar in the way that I need it to. So just last night maybe, or it might've been this morning, I found a third app that now I'm testing out, which has a heck of a learning curve, heck of a learning curve, because it's very feature rich. Um, But because it's feature rich, I think it might actually be everything I need, but I need a little more time with it to figure out if I can learn how to use it. It's called Life Topics. L I F E T O P I X, all one word, capital L, capital T. Um, it's a calendar. It's a task list. It's a thing where you can set. It doesn't set you through a process of goals, but you can categorize things as such. So what I'm thinking, I'm seeing is that um, I'll I'll kind of use all three of these in tandem, but Life Topics is the one I might actually use every day. Um, again, I. I haven't used it enough to be able to speak really knowledgeably about it, but it does integrate with my Outlook calendar, with my um, app calendars. It actually pulled some of those, those task lists in Productivity that weren't showing up in Productivity. They did show up in Life Topics. It kind of pulls all of your information from all of these other apps and puts it all in one place. It also has contacts. It has ways to shoot people emails directly out of it. It has ways to do events and set up events and attach notes and shopping lists to all your different things. And it really looks like once I learn how to work this thing, this could be what much more what I've looked for in terms of one app I can use that will help me keep everything kind of in one umbrella um, program. And again, because I have task lists for work, but I also have task lists for home, how do I integrate those two things so I don't say on the same day I've got a boatload of stuff i got to get done for work? Oh, and by the way, I'm also saying here's a boatload of stuff I need to get done for home. That's not going to happen. So can I have one place where I can kind of look at everything all at once? And I have tried putting some of my personal stuff in my work email or my work outlook. But, you know, anybody could look at that. Well, not anybody, but anybody in the computer center could look at that if they wanted to at any time. And I just get a little hinky about you know, I don't really want my women doctor appointments showing up if somebody's <laughs> poking around in my email. Um, so anyway, that's kind of where I'm at. Those And some folks on Twitter, as I was talking about this, were asking what apps I was looking at. So it's daily routine, productivity, and life topics. If you're looking for something like this, those are three apps you might want to check out. Um, a couple of quick uh, other things. I have two tips. Well, one's not really a tip. I found a new podcast that I've really been enjoying. It has nothing to do with quilting. It's called Old Time Radio Mysteries. And it is indeed all those old radio serial mystery shows that you know people used to gather around their radios to hear Um, And it's available by podcast for free. And it's just, it's been really fun. I've only listened to three or four, but man, they are so, you know, over, they're melodramatic and overwrought and the music goes soaring up and then you hear the people pounding down the doors and everything and people strangled or making all sorts of horrific noises. (laughs) It's just, it's been really fun. Um, (laughs) Which sounds really strange to talk about after somebody being strangled. But in any case, uh, Peter Lorre has starred in a couple of them, if you all remember or know who he is. Um, it's kind of cool to hear his voice coming out. And they actually also retain their original commercials. So you're getting a real slice of life back from, what, the 40s, whenever those were all in. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, the episodes are about a half hour each. Uh, so it's a nice, you know, very easily consumable chunk of time. So if you're into that kind of thing, I would suggest go search out Old Time Radio Mysteries. I'm not going to put a link to my on my podcast. You can just Google it. Um, but again, that's that's been a fun new find for me. Here is a tip. Um, as I was kind of sorting and organizing, I found some fabric that had just a couple of random pen marks on it, and I had read in the past, but I'd never had the opportunity to try this out, that you can use rubbing alcohol to remove pen marks. So I tried it out, and lo and behold, it does actually work. I um, used a little bit of rubbing alcohol on a cotton ball and then just rubbed at the pen mark in the fabric, uh, what I did find is you don't want to saturate the cotton ball. You don't want too much rubbing alcohol on there because then what happens is the although the ink starts to move, it then kind of migrates and it flows with the excess rubbing alcohol that you've now saturated the fabric with. So you don't want your cotton ball saturated. You just want it damp so that you can rub out the pen mark. And it seems to have removed it pretty completely. We'll find out, you know, once it gets washed, does it stay out and all that kind of thing. But it seemed to work really well. So if you've got pen marks on fabric, just remember rubbing alcohol seems to work. Finally, my big product review for this week is the Rapid Fire Hunter Star Ruler. If you remember, I did win this from the giveaway from um, Nitty AJ of the Quilting Pop podcast. And uh, by the way, she does her podcast while driving which is either really impressive or really scary. <laughs> I don't really know which. Um, I keep expecting, you know, to hear breaking glass and screeching tires as I'm listening to her. But that being said, AJ, I have to say, it has been so much fun to have your voice back on the air. I've really been enjoying listening to your episodes again. So I'm really glad you figured out a way to work podcasting back into your rather insane schedule. And I just trust you're being safe while you're driving, but I've I've really been enjoying listening to you again. Anyway, I won her giveaway and won the Rapid Fire Hunter Star Ruler by Deb Tucker, and it's uh, the one I have is the petite size, if you're wondering when you see the pictures um, on my blog, which they're not up there yet, but they will. Um, I had some red, well, some, I have a boatload of red, white, and black fabric left over from my niece's baby quilt, um, the one of the disappearing nine patches I made last month, and um, I decided You know it would be kind of fun to do another red white and black quilt with this hunter star so I did it so that the background is the black and white and then the hunter stars are the red and man that worked out it's beautiful I love that effect Um, and this ruler was really really easy to use If you decide, I I highly recommend it, I really do highly recommend it. Um, If you do decide you're gonna buy it and own it, it does come with complete instructions in the ruler itself, but there is also a YouTube video where Deb Tucker walks you through the process of using it, um, and she does it in a very organized, easy to understand way. Her video is very well done. Um, I would suggest doing both, because the YouTube video was a great visual, very helpful to help me see You know, some of the stuff that's explained in print in the instructions was just easier to understand when you're seeing it, um, you know, visually as she's showing you how to do it. But there's also the YouTube video does not mention a couple of things that are in the written instructions. So you really want to watch the video and read the instructions. You want to do both. Um, It is relatively fast. Now, again, I was only doing a baby quilt size because I just kind of wanted to test out the um, ruler and not get myself into doing a whole full size or queen size quilt for the baby size. I believe my center is something like 24 inches square total. Um, There's six inch finished blocks. I think it's four across four down. So I think that's, you know, do the math. I think that's 24 inches square. Um, I'm going to be putting some borders on it. So I'm just doing like wall hanging slash baby quilt size. I haven't decided what I'm ultimately going to do with this thing yet, but um, that total without the borders. I haven't put the borders on yet, but just the center probably took me, well, it might've taken me four or five hours altogether to do. But again, that's because I had to keep referring back to the YouTube video and the instructions. Now that I've done it once, if I were to do a second one, it would go much more quickly because I I know the process. I understand the process. I'd be able to approach it much more um, quickly. And it's a very forgiving ruler because you trim everything up to size at the end. And I will tell you, even though I wasn't entirely sure um, when I was doing my trimming, because my lines on my my units were not lining up exactly with where they were probably supposed to be on the ruler, um, but because I trimmed it to size using her instructions and lining up certain parts of the ruler in the right place, every single dang one of those points matched when I sewed. Um, I didn't have any, this is the most accurate beautiful piecing <laughs> i've probably ever done and it was all because of a stinking ruler I made it so easy um i did still pin i still pinned where my seams were supposed to go together but it wasn't like i was trying to force seams to match where they weren't going to match they I really i probably could have maybe even gotten away without using the pins uh so i will say this is a great ruler to use um it's a very nice effect you can do a lot of sets with this a uh, settings with this particular unit um and in fact she you know she says that in the instructions don't sew it together yet make sure you know how to s- you're doing your settings so that you know what you're actually sewing to what else um very straightforward how to use it and i just love the results i mean this is definitely a ruler i'm going to be keeping in rotation because again It only took me a few hours to put this very beautiful and now somewhat complex looking quilt together. Um, What a great gift. What a great baby quilt. If you want something quick on your wall at the holiday, you could throw it together in in holiday colors. Um, It's really, I'm I'm really sold on this ruler. And in fact, I've started looking at other Deb Tucker rulers. (laughs) Boy, if this one turned out so well, what other things does she have out there? Um, so it's really nice. I don't know that I'm going to worry about getting the other size of the ruler. Not at this point, anyway. You know, I don't know that I'm going to be churning out Hunter Star blocks like nobody's business. Um, but I am glad to now have this in my collection. So thank you again, Nitty AJ. And I do recommend it to other folks. Again, that's the Rapid Fire Hunter Star ruler. I have the petite size, and I will get pictures on my blog sometime this week of of my finished results, or at least pieced top results. I'm not going to get it quilted for a little while. Um so that's that in terms of your uh resource recommendations. I'm not going to be doing listener feedback on this episode. I've been getting a lot of listener feedback. Now partly, you know, I bribed you <laughs> when you've got a couple of giveaways going, people tend to get chatty. Um, but I've Oh, man, I've loved reading your responses to the giveaways, but I've also been hearing from a lot of you just on my blogs and podcasts that don't have anything to do with giveaways, and I've been getting some emails, particularly from a couple of new listeners, so um, thank you so much for being part of this conversation. I will share uh, comments on a later episode. It's just this one got a little bit long because I had so much I could talk about. Um, Hope you have a wonderful New Year's celebration. There is a New Year's Sew In NYSI on Twitter hashtag NYSI. I'm not going to be doing a giveaway for it because I've got a couple others still going on. I don't I don't know. I haven't heard whether anybody else is doing one, but you know, somebody usually comes through with a giveaway on a sew-in day, so you might want to keep an eye out for that. Otherwise, we'll all just be on Twitter. Um, I did also hear this morning there's another um, sew-in hashtag happening that's kind of going on all week called Y-E-S-I, hashtag Y-E-S-I for year-end so in for everybody who's doing that last push to try to get their you know UFOs done before the end of 2013. So that's another hashtag you can keep your eye on on Twitter. Um, that's it for this episode. You know how you can get a hold of me. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com. You can follow the blog. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, Goodreads, Flickr, all sorts of other places. I'm Sandy Quilt, Sandy with a Y, Quilts with a Z in all of those places. You can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us group on Facebook, and you can join the Flickr group for Quilting for the Rest of Us and post all your pretty, pretty pictures there. Please do, because I do look at them even if I don't comment, I do see them. And you can, of course, join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team and do good all over the world. And you can find links for all of those things at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And until next time, go get your quilting on. Quilting for the rest of us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom.